Radio KBPV, Tales of the Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village. Welcome to Tales of the Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village, a podcast about the history of southwestern Alberta, presented by Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village of Pincher Creek, Alberta, a museum complex that documents the stories of Western Canada's agricultural settlement era through the preservation of local buildings and artifacts in a six-acre park. Pincher Creek is a town of 37-odd souls. Add that to a vast rural trading area of some 3,000 rural dwellers, and you have a vibrant region that includes rolling prairie, foothills, the Rocky Mountains, the Pakani Nation, Waterton Lakes National Park, the Crow's Nest Pass, and the Upper River Watershed of the South Saskatchewan River Basin. Join us in this podcast where we'll be presenting walking tours of our buildings, Hear the stories of the farmers, townsmen, cowboys, Mounties, and women, politicians, chroniclers, miners, railroaders, and so many other significant histories of this particular corner of Canada. Tales of the Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village presents the Rocky Mountain Echo, the Halton family. Extra, extra. We interrupt this podcast to bring you this local update. Legendary journalists take the Halton family name worldwide. Internationally renowned David Halton returns on September 14th to open the Rocky Mountain Echo, Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village's newest exhibit. Advanced tickets are on sale now at Eventbrite and by phoning Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village 403-627-3684. Locals of the town of Pincher Creek know the name of Matthew Halton as attached to his public high school. But do we truly understand the importance of the Halton family legacy to the history of media in Alberta, across Canada, and internationally? Those roots stem from a humble homestead in the southwest corner of Alberta. In 1900 was a booming time of resettlement in the area with migrants from the United States, Britain, Europe, and other parts of Canada trying their hand at agricultural pursuits and various business ventures. Henry Halton and Mary Alice Thornley Halton left their native England to take on the farming challenge south and west of Pincher Creek. But not all farm families met with success, and the Haltons were forced to abandon their homestead to make a living in town. The family settled in a modest frame house near the West End, where Henry Halton was forced to work driving the dreaded honey wagon, removing the human refuse from residential outhouses. But Mary Alice seemed to contract a bug for journalism. To supplement the family's meager income, Mary wrote news articles and historical features for both the Pincher Creek Echo and the nearby Lethbridge Herald. Her enthusiasm spawned an interest in journalism and a career for the Halton sons, Matthew and Seth, who as students would often assist their mother at the Echo office. Matthew left Pincher Creek to study at the University of Alberta, where he wrote for the campus newspaper, The Gateway. Upon graduation, Matthew Halton went out into the world and found it very difficult to look backwards because real history was happening before his eyes. Matthew Halton's own journalistic career embraced both print and radio, 
as he spanned the international upheavals leading up to the Second World War. Upon outbreak of that war, he followed the Canadian forces and reported for both the Canadian and British broadcasting corporations. Halton's stirring recordings brought the descriptions of war into the living room, broadcasting from rooftops in the Battle of Britain and on the battlefields in North Africa, Italy, France, Holland and Germany. In Holland, it was a terrible winter. People died of starvation. And we've seen people collapse in the street as they talked to us. The German secret police were looking for my friend, Franz, and he couldn't leave the house where he had a hideout. But his frail young wife knew a farmer near Zutphen, 80 miles away. And during the winter, she made six trips to this farmer. She went on a bicycle with no tires to get a few pounds of potatoes and two or three rabbits taking her own silverware and blankets and her husband's oil paintings to exchange for food. She said, on the way, I often pass people walking through the snow in bare feet. They'd sold their shoes for food. His brother, Seth, also published the interregimental newspaper, The Maple Leaf, while in the armed services. As Matthew Halton became a household name across Canada, the local public high school was named in his honor. You knew the subject of your book. You wrote about your dad. Indeed. Why write about dad? Well, I guess part of it was uh, family ego, a little bit of the honor thy father syndrome that was uh, evident, I think, in, in Wob's book as well. But more important than that was the uh, discovery that uh, Matthew Holton, who was Matt as he was known, uh, who was a legendary figure in the Second World War, uh, had become an all but forgotten name in, in, in Canada, and I discovered this when I got back from Washington and retired 10 years ago. Here was a man who um, had an international reputation, whose broadcasts were picked up by the BBC and CBS and NBC, uh, who was named one of the six, war six best war correspondents writing in the English language by the British newspaper publishers, uh, who was called Canada's Ed Morrow. And uh, I'd go around the country doing the odd lecture uh, to journalism classes, and none of the students uh, knew who Matthew Holton was. They all knew who, who Ed Morrow was. Now, whose fault is that, David? Uh, I think it's, you know, a Canadian tendency to be uh, amnesiac about our past. Someone wrote that uh, what's lacking in Canada is not, is not history, but memory. Hmm. And we do tend to forget our high achievers and our villains as well, and our founders. Uh, we know, about, know much more about the American founders than... Uh, Sir John A. Macdonald and, and so on. So I think that's part of a rather unfortunate Canadian tendency just to, to ignore and forget our past. So you've written this book in, in part to make sure that people know who your father was and that he was, you know, the greatest war correspondent in the history of Canada. What's been the feedback? The feedback's been terrific. Uh, obviously, people, older generations of Canadians uh, are delighted to read the book, and, and new Canadians are, are surprised to discover uh, who this person was. I mean... Uh, during the, the Second World War, I mean, he was the voice, the vital link between the fighting troops on the front and a nation where a million people were in uniform, another million were in the war industries, and where 80, a survey showed that 86% of the adult radio audience in Canada was tuning into the CBC War News, kind of ratings that CBC managers today Give would, their would die for. for. Yes. And uh, he'd come back, he, he, would, uh, he was very much on side uh, with the, the war effort. Uh, he'd, he'd had a, a 
crusade through the 30s to fight fascism, he'd come back to address victory bond rallies, and there'd be tens of thousands of people out to hear his, uh, uh, his speeches. And uh, he was very much a you know, key figure. Kosh wanted to uh, photograph him. Um, he was on Hockey Night in Canada in the interviews, so that kind of thing. And uh, he, he had an extraordinary impact on, on, on wartime Canada. He was the voice, as I say, the link between uh, the troops and the home front. And died at 52. Did, did he pack too much of life into those short 52 years? He was a, a heavy drinker, and as a lot of the war correspondents were at the time, a lot of the correspondents, uh, uh, I think that, and the wear and tear of the war, you know, covering uh, the Desert War, well, b even before the Second World War, he was in Spain for the Civil War on the Republican side. Uh, he covered the uh, Russo-Finnish War in, in, in Finland. He covered the, the Desert Campaign. He was with the first assault wave going into the D-Day landings in Normandy. He was at Ortona. Uh, he followed the Canadian troops right up through the so-called Maple Leaf Route through Belgium, Holland. Uh, and into Nazi Germany, and uh, he was chosen as one of the pool reporters to uh, sit in a room in Berlin when uh, Marshal Zhukov took the surrender hmm. from uh, Keitel and the German leaders. And he, he was in that same room and witnessed this, the Gotterdämmerung of the, uh, of the Nazi era. Matthew's son, a renowned correspondent in his own right, is David Halton. David holds a degree in modern history from the University of Toronto. He enjoyed a, an investigative career involving current events, particularly politics and economics. His commentaries on domestic and foreign affairs were regular features with the CBC, making the Halton name a household one throughout Canada. His round-the-world work spanned four decades, starting in 1965 with a year stint in Paris. Subsequent assignments took David to the Soviet Union in the late 1960s, to London, Quebec, the Middle East, and Vietnam during the early 1970s, in Ottawa from 1979 to 1991 as the CBC's chief political correspondent, then in Washington, D.C. for 14 years until his retirement in 2005. Halton has rubbed shoulders with many of the world's leaders and saw significant events unfold before his own eyes. Although David Halton was only 16 years of age when his father passed away, the family returned to visit Pincher Creek on several occasions before Matthew's death. The senior Halton greatly influenced David in his journalism career. In recent years, David researched and wrote a full-length biography of his father, entitled Dispatches from the Front. Mary Halton's journalistic bent has now transcended four generations to include David's own son, Dan Halton, now also a CBC journalist. David has always been willing to revisit his family history on the Canadian prairies and to maintain that connection to Pincher Creek. He will soon revisit the community in order to help the Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village officially opened its new ex exhibit, a replica of the original Rocky Mountain Echo building. Thank you for listening to Tales of Kootenai Brown Pioneer Village. This episode was researched and written by historians Farley Wood and Gord Tolton. This podcast is recorded and engineered by Gord Tolton. Episodes can be found at Apple Podcasts, 
Stitcher, Podbean, or any other podcatcher. Visit our website at www.kootenaybrown.ca. Kootenay is spelled K-O-O-T-E-N-A-I. Also, visit and join our pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more information on our museum, or even better, visit us at 1037 Beverly McLaughlin Drive in beautiful Pincher Creek, Alberta.